What's going on, everybody? If you've been following me for a while, you know that I'm the host of the I Can't Make This Up podcast, Big T, a.k.a. The Land of a Legend. And today, I got a story to tell you guys. This is about how I met a serial hitchhiker. Yes, I said that. And that's what I coined this person because that's what he was or is or whatever the case may be. Anyways, the year is 2013. It's the fall and I'm outside my house working on my car. I had this uh, no star um, Cadillac and I was changing like the uh, air condenser on it. Um, when out of nowhere, this old guy comes up to me and he's got his coat in his hand, like over his arm or whatever. And he asked me if I knew what time the next bus was coming. So it's the fall here on the East Coast. So, you know, buses shut down kind of early and it starts getting dark early too. So I'm like, I think the last bus came already, but I can check for you. I looked up the schedule and sure enough, it did. So he was like, all right, thank you. And I went back to working on my car and he stood there awkwardly, just like, like he, he didn't have a place to go. So that awkward silence hit and I just was like, um, you good? <laughs> and he was like, uh, well, yeah, it's your caddy. And I told him and he started telling me about the caddy he used to have and problems he had working on and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, you know, trying to be cordial and everything and have the conversation. But um, about 15 minutes after that, he brings up, um, you know, how close he lives to here. And I'm like, uh, I think I know where this is going. So then he asks, hey, man, um, you know, how much would you charge to uh, drop me off at the uh, the train station down the street. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm not going to charge somebody to go five minutes or whatever the case may be. But I didn't have any money. So I was like, uh, whatever you got. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, he says he'll pay me gas money, whatever the case, drop him off at the gas station. I said, cool. I mean, at the train station and I went in the house uh, put my shit up. I grabbed my knife because I don't know this guy and I don't know what's on his mind. And, you know, just in case it goes down, I, I won't be the only one hurting this situation, but that's just me. So uh, with that being said, you know, uh, we get in the car, we take off and halfway there, he tells me um, that, you know, he stays about 10 minutes from here. It's going to take him an hour to get home via train and bus he will pay me $40 to drop him off. And I'm like, shoot, right on Bladensburg Road in DC, right down the street, I'll take the 40. So we continue on. Um, I end up going into DC. He's giving me direction to his house. He's like, make a left here, make a right here, slow up when you go over this hill. There's a camera. And this guy had to be in his late 60s slash 70s. And I'm like, for old man, his memory is sharp. I'm like, what, what do you take every day? What's in the, the Wednesday and the Tuesday and the Thursday caplets on your uh, 
your your pill thing, you know, like I need some of that ginkgo colobo, whatever the case may be. So we arrived to the address he gave me and I put the car in park and he opens up the door and he starts patting his pocket. So I'm like, I'm guessing he's looking for his wallet or whatever the case may be. And then I'm, I'm in my phone, like trying not to be looking at him while he's looking for his wallet. And then next thing you know, I realized like, it's it's been a while. Why is my door still open, right? And he's like pulling all this stuff out of his pockets, papers and, you know, little pampers or whatever. And then he, he puts all that stuff in the passenger seat, then he walks away. I'm like, where'd he go? You know? So then I get out the car and I look and he's walking around the back of the house. So I'm like, this is weird. Uh, I guess he forgot his key and didn't want to tell me because he was embarrassed or whatever the case may be. And I just, I let it be what it is. He came back and he said randomly, I don't know why he locked that door. I paid my rent yesterday. And I'm like, you're a little bit too old to be renting out a place, let alone, you know, having a roommate or whatever the case. So uh, I was like, everything all right? And he stopped mumbling to himself. And I'm like, this ain't good. This this ain't good at all. <laughs> so after that, um, I'm like looking through these papers and I'm looking for my money. He doesn't know that. He thinks I'm looking for something. I'm, I'm just looking for my money because I'm, I'm really just trying to leave. And I'm like, hey, man, uh, won't you knock on the door and see if, you know, old buddy will let you in the house. So he does. No one comes to the door. And I'm like, okay, all these houses on this block look the same. You sure that's your house? Because, you know, that might be the, that might be the problem. We just at the wrong place. And he's still mumbling to himself. At this point, I'm thinking he was like, having like a bad case of memory loss or whatever the case may be. But I don't know. I honestly don't. So now I'm like 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes gone by. And I'm like, okay, well, um, is there any place else I could drop you off at? Cause obviously you can't get in here. And he's like, man, something. And, and I was like, what? So then I see a light come on in the house. And I'm like, hey man, there's somebody there. You know, they could they could let you in. So he started gathering like all his papers and everything. We walk over to the door. I don't know why I walked with him. It's kind of weird come to think about it now, but whatever. And I see somebody come down the steps. They cut the light on in the foyer, but they done unlocked the door. And I'm like, going on and he got like one of those little mail slots in the door and then that flips open and a lady says you don't live here and then closes the mail slot and I'm like bruh are you sure this is your house like obviously you don't live here according to the people that are in the house so uh he gets the banging on the door so I step back after that uh, I see there's a phone number on one of this piece of paper. There's a lady name with three lines under her. I'm like, this must be important. Let me call her. I call, go straight to voicemail. I'm like, hey, man, um, 
anybody else I can call because uh, I, I want to get out of here and I don't want to leave y'all here in the cold. And he started banging on the door. So I'm like, all right, um, this is bad. So I called the number again. I leave a voicemail. I'm like, hey, I'm out here with such and such at this address. Could you call me back? Other than that, uh, if I don't hear back from you, I'm going to call the police. Some time goes by. Uh, no return phone call. So I called a non-emergency D.C. police line. I called them. I explained the situation. They said they'll send some money out. I said, cool. About five minutes go by and I see a cop car coming down the street. I'm like, damn. Um, I must have thought I was white or something because that car came fast. <laughs> so I step out in the street and I wave them down and let them know, you know, it's me. I'm the one who made the call. But then over my shoulder, I see two more police cars pull up. And I'm like, that's a little bit excessive for a non-emergency phone call. So then I had an epiphany of everything that happened in the past 30 minutes. And I start putting two and two together. I'm in all black. So is the guy I gave a ride. We're at a stranger's house. He's been trying to get into for the past 20 minutes. And we look like we've been trying to break in. So then when I turn over and I see the cops get out with their guns drawn, I immediately put my hands behind my head. I drop down to my knees and I say, it's not what you think. Let me explain. And they come over, they detain me. They detain the old guy, they separate us. Um, I give them my explanation. I don't know what they were saying to the old guy. I'm pretty sure he was confusing them too with his speech patterns. Um, they run my name. They find out that I'm not a felon and I got no charges or nothing like that. They go through my car and then they took me out of handcuffs and I had to re-explain what I told them when I was in handcuffs because now they, you know, kind of believe me or whatever the case may be. And as this is happening, um, the owner of the house comes outside. It's a lady. She's in the road. And she's like, um, this is the fourth time this has happened. This guy comes here every so often. And he thinks this is his house. And he, apparently he used to live there like 40 some years ago. And uh, I guess whenever he gets kind of, I guess, loopy or whatever the case may be he goes there and I'm like, what? So um, they run his name through the system and it comes back over the radio as loud as, you know, they, so they say that, you know, he escaped from St. Elizabeth's hospital that morning and somehow he found me and made me an accomplice to me bringing him here apparently for the fourth time. And I'm like, oh my goodness, out of all people you found, you found me and you made me an accomplice to this. And it's just like, <sighs> I can't, I can't make this up. This, it just happens. So uh, the police card him off, take him back to the hospital, I guess. And the lady goes back in the house after saying something smart to me, like, you know, you shouldn't just give anybody a ride. But I'm thinking like, you know, what if this was 
my grandfather and he needed to ride somewhere. I didn't want to leave him out in the cold, you know, it gets cold out here. So, you know, I was trying to do the 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 right thing, supposedly, opposed to just ignoring somebody that needs some help. And technically he did get some help. You know, it put him in handcuffs, but they they helped him, I'm assuming. I, I don't know what happened after he left. And you know, then it was just me standing out there. And then I realized something before the last officer left. I said, hey, man, um, before you go, um, you know, I was riding around with this guy for a while and he was supposed to give me some gas money to get home. And I never got that. And then he bust out laughing right in my face. And so did his partner. He then reached into his wallet, gave me 20 bucks and then left. And then I got in my car and left. And I put that $20 in my gas tank, and then I called all of my friends and told them this exact same story. So, yeah, that's how I met a serial hitchhiker. It was uh, it was crazy. It was, it's my life. <laughs> so, if you uh, got something from this story, or you enjoyed it, or you just like laughing at my misery, leave a comment below. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. I appreciate you guys for listening. And until the next one, I've been your host, the Lando Legend, a.k.a. Big T. Peace.